It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. The Cincinnati Reds took the first step toward running their franchise as a successful small market franchise should run. I'm going to tell you why Sonny Gray being traded to the Minnesota Twins was good. And we're going to look at the direction of this Reds team moving forward. You are locked on Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team Day. Thanks for making Locked on Reds your first listen of the day. We are free and available on all platforms. I am Stephen Offenbaker alongside Jeff Carr, and we have a passion for baseball, and we have a passion for the Cincinnati Reds. And we've taken that passion, and we've turned it into information for you. On today's podcast, we will be talking about the deal that rocked Reds country today with Sonny Gray being shipped off to Minnesota for Chase Petty. We will fill you in on what that means for the Reds rotation, and we will talk about the overall direction the Reds franchise is going moving forward. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, it's where the game starts. And Jeff, where we're going to start is talking about this Sonny Gray trade, uh, you know, just to get everybody caught up uh, that may have missed the particulars, Sonny Gray, along with minor leaguer Francis Pagaro, was sent to Minnesota for 18-year-old rookie right-handed pitcher Chase Petty. Chase is a number one draft pick of the, or not a number one draft pick, but a first round draft pick of the Minnesota Twins in the 2021 draft. Uh, Think about another Hunter Green, maybe. He hits 102 on the gun. He's got a very light arm. He's got some nasty breaking stuff. Uh, Working on a nice changeup. you know, my my gut instant reaction when I looked at this, Jeff, was that this is a good trade. Uh, it's not a great trade, but it was a good trade. Yeah, I think that you can have the take that what the Reds got is all right. They probably could have got more. I don't necessarily know that for a fact. I wasn't in the negotiating room. And it surely seems like you probably could have gotten better than just one good prospect for Sonny Gray. But let's look at it this way. Chase Petty, according to Baseball Prospectus, was the number seven prospect in the Twins organization. Depending on where you look, that number varies, and partly to do with the fact that he's just out of high school, he's just starting his career out, we barely know anything about this guy. So, yes, there is a lot of risk involved. There's a lot of risk involved with Sonny Gray, too. We're not talking about a sure thing. We're not talking about a guy who's going to go out there tomorrow and tweak that back. You remember him saying this last spring training last year that the back issue was always going to be there. It's always going to be something that he deals with. Plus, you're also talking about a guy that the Reds are not going to pick up his option. We've mentioned this before. He has a club option after this season. So pretty much for most teams, that means he has two years of control. To the Cincinnati Reds, he only had one. 
So I think that the quickness after the lockout ended of this deal actually kind of makes sense when you look at some of that. And I think that Chase Petty coming back, regardless of the fact that he sounds like a NASCAR driver, and maybe he has a really cool sponsor, like, I don't know, I bet Skittles sponsors his race car. But anyway, Chase Petty looks like a good good return for Sonny Gray. You know, I understand why people were up in arms about this today. And, and the fact of the matter is multiple things in relationship to this trade can be true. This trade can be a good trade for the Reds if we're talking about them becoming uh, a small market mover and shaker, much like Tampa and the Rays. If, if that's what we're looking for, people need to stop getting attached to players. We're going to need this franchise to start trading away players when they have about two years of team control left. That's how it works. And you bring in new guys. So that has to be true. And that's what they have to do. Uh, is it true that this move was probably made with haste also to, to benefit Bob Castellini's bank account? Well, sure. That's part of it. Uh, but both things can be true. And it can also be true that Sonny Gray was not uh, as reliable as some people are, are are trying to make him out to be today. I think you hit a very key point in that uh, for the last two seasons, his back has been an issue. And heading into now another spring training that was not going to be conducted in a normal manner, that was going to be rushed, that was going to be done differently. Uh, I think that the Reds pulled a trigger with the best offer they had on the table at the time. And uh, while it's not blow your socks off overwhelmingly great, I don't think that it's bad either. And I don't necessarily think that we're looking at the Reds and saying with Sonny Gray, they're a playoff team. No, there's still plenty of holes on this roster that, sure, could they win 80 games, 81 games? They could probably go 500 as constructed with Sonny Gray on the team. But was that going to get you to the sixth spot? Maybe. I don't know. I, I don't necessarily think that they were going to make it. So I think because of that, and the Reds were not going to go out and spend what we want them to spend. So I think they've got to be realistic about their position. And that flows into the small market mentality. That's what we're talking about on today's podcast is the direction of the franchise, the direction that the Reds want to go. Sure, Nick Crawl's messaging for some of the things that he said this past weekend has got people thinking, what are you talking about, Nick? But I think within what he said, there is a rational direction. And I believe that the way for the Reds to win is to not and have that sustained success that he talks about is to not try to compete by signing multiple high dollar free agents. It's to build their team from within. And as, as annoying as that sounds for every single person that really wanted Nick Castellanos to come back at the end of the day, that's how the Reds have to do this. Well, and, and bear in mind too, that if they follow that model, if they do go to the small market approach, and they start trading guys and bringing in a constant churn of the roster, uh, what that will do it was, is will leave them a little bit of money that when there is a spot that there's not a homegrown guy for, they can go out and get a one- or two-year Band-Aid and spend right. money there. And you start to put together teams that can compete for the division. Uh, it can be done. We've seen it be done. And, you know, the real question is, can one, Castellini, get out of the way and let his front office people do it? And can the front office people he has in place uh, effectively pull off something like that? Now, I'm not sure of the answer to either one of those questions, sure. uh, but I know, but I know that uh, 
one thing's for sure. Uh, Reds fans are paying attention and they are, are engaged <laughs> right out of the gate. I mean, I don't know if you saw this today or not, Jeff, but uh, actually trending on Twitter was sell the team Bob. Yeah. For yeah, a I, large portion of the day. I did see that uh, C Trent like screenshotted that and shared that. It was it was interesting. And and circling back to Chase Petty in this whole deal, a lot of people are saying, well, he's 18 years old. Why on earth did the Reds trade for such a high risk prospect? And and the truth of the matter is we may not see this guy till at the very earliest 2024. But I think that that still fits in with the plan. You're still talking about Hunter Green and Nick Lodolo being in their prime at that point. Graham Ashcraft is ready to go. We know what we're getting out of Graham Ashcraft. There's some other pitchers in this system that will probably be up by that point. Plus, you're talking about a lot, a lot of young bullpen arms that will still be under team control. And hopefully at that point, we'll have known whether they're good or bad. So I think that Chase Petty still figures into this plan. It's just, I I think the non-immediacy of him helping out the Major League roster is really the biggest sticking point in this whole conversation. It is, and and I get people's fears about the fact, and they're right, Chase Petty might not ever pitch for the Cincinnati Reds. That, That is a true statement. You know, something you like to say is it's not a zero. The the chance is not zero. So there it's a is non-zero a chance. Yeah, a non-zero mm-hmm. chance. Yeah. So so with Chase Petty, I mean, it's a non-zero chance that something could could happen and he doesn't make it. But you know, I think that the evaluators of the talent and the and the rankings of the players coming up now is better than it's ever been before. And while it's still possible that he could miss, uh, I believe at the very least he'll get to the major leagues and have a shot. Uh, and the only way that you can get go out and get great players like this in a, in a market that is the Cincinnati Reds is to take chances like this and hope that more of them pan out than don't. And I think that's the reality of the type of baseball we're going to have in Cincinnati moving forward. Well, Steve, I think both of our uh, viewpoints on this is the fact that the Reds did not make the dumpster fire of the trade that many are making it out to be. I think it was an all right trade, but a spot just opened up in the rotation and I wouldn't bet against Nick Lodolo being the one to fill it. And if you're looking for uh, what not to bet against, look at bet online bet online is the number one resource for all of your sports news and scores throughout Every single season. We've got basketball going on. The bracket is set. You can check out what they've got going on about the NCAA tournament over at betonline.net. Plus, I've got some rookie of the year future lines for you. And Hunter Green is currently fourth in the odds. He's actually at 9-1. to one Right now, if you want to jump on that, plus 900, depending on how you look at that website. The favorite in the National League is O'Neill Cruz. He's at 3 to 1 plus 300. So, when you look at these odds and you want to jump in on that, check out Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered throughout every single season with all kinds of props, odds, and lines, more so than ever before. Bet Online has up to the minute info on pro and college hoops, NHL, boxing, UFC, along with live real-time updates of current games. Don't wait to take advantage of the new amazing offers available for every single sports season in 2022. That's Bet Online, where the game starts. 
Make sure to give Locked On MLB Prospects a listen after today's podcast. And as always, thanks for making Locked On Reds your first listen of the day. Lindsey Crosby is a minor league encyclopedia, though, when it comes to Locked On MLB Prospects and will keep you up to date on the up-and-coming players as well as some college baseball action. The Locked On MLB Prospects podcast is just like Locked On Reds, free and available on all platforms. Make sure that you're following us on Twitter. You can find Steve at S. Offenbaker. You can find me at Jeff Carr with three F's and two R's. And you can find Lockdown Reds at Lockdown Reds. And also make sure to subscribe on YouTube as we get closer to the season. Plenty of exclusive content coming on our YouTube page. When it comes to episodes, though, tomorrow we'll dive into the Kyle Farmer-Jose Barrero conversation that has an obvious answer to it. We'll tell you what that is on tomorrow's Locked on Reds. But Steve, right now, we are talking about this rotation that is now without Sonny Gray. Sonny Gray is in Minnesota. They can't use him in the starting rotation in Cincinnati. I don't know if you know that or not. So with that, Nick Lodolo should be the answer. Right? Nick Lodolo is in the prime spot to go out and claim the fifth spot in the Reds rotation right now. He has some advantages that the rest of this pitching staff doesn't have. Uh, the biggest advantage is he has been in Goodyear getting ready. While everybody else was waiting for the CBA to get agreed upon and the 40-man roster people being able to participate in team activities, he's been out there throwing. He's been out there working with coaches. He's been out there taking directions from Derek Johnson's organizational plan for the pitchers top to bottom in the Reds organization. I think he is uniquely positioned to go seize that spot. Now, I don't know that that means the Reds will put him on the major league uh, roster and leave him for an entire major league season with a full workload. But I could totally see a scenario playing out right now where Lodolo's with the team when it breaks camp for the opening series. He goes out and makes some starts. Maybe they send him down. Maybe they bring him back up uh, and limit innings on his arm. I have said since we knew they were going to rush this season without off days and playing double headers, they were going to need more than five starters anyway. So I think there's a chance here for a rotation to look something like Castillo, Mali, uh, Vladimir Gutierrez, Hunter Green, and then Nick Lodolo. You know, that's a very young rotation. That's a rotation that you're really going to have to manage carefully, but that's a really good rotation. It's a good building point, right? And I think that's the key difference because whenever Nick Crawl was talking to the media this past weekend and they asked him about the idea of a rebuild, he poo-pooed that in so many words. But what he basically was saying was we are not looking at the same situation that we had in 2014. 2014, they had to do a reset because who was on the roster at that point that was going to be part of the core five, six, seven years down the road? Joey Votto. Enjoy Vado. So this year now we are looking at a totally different scenario. You've got multiple position players that are going to contribute to this team for the next five, six, seven years, depending on their contract statuses. And you've got some pitchers that are coming up and are going to be in that same spot. When I look at this and I look at this trade of Sonny Gray, I don't think that this signals a full scale, tear it all down, rebuild it up. I think that this signals kind of a repositioning. Yeah, I know we'll just use a bunch of different R words to describe what the Reds are doing. But when it comes to repositioning, all right, trade the pricey vets, maybe get a couple of prospects in there, hopefully some good ones. 
and play the young and up-and-coming phenoms. Nicoladolo is that up-and-coming phenom. Get this dude in the starting rotation and get him more innings in the majors than in AAA in 2022. You know, Jeff, when we talked about what was the first move that the Reds were going to make, this is exactly the move that I said they were going to make. It was going to be Sonny Gray, and it was going to happen quickly. They weren't going to wait around and make other moves. They were going to do this. And I agree with you. The trade of Sonny Gray does not necessarily mean they are getting ready to tear it all down. Now, you and I have talked. There are some other moves that if they come quickly next, like maybe Luis Castillo, if, if that happens, then we need to talk about maybe there being a fire sale. But right now, on paper, they still have a strength in the starting pitchers. And we always knew Sonny Gray was going to go. So right now, there's been no surprises. We're right where we, they thought that they should be, and they are right where we thought they were going to be. So now we're in a position to wait and see what is the next thing. What is the next move that they make? Is this where they go out and get an outfielder? Is this where they take a little bit of that cash that they freed up? And no, not a lot. I'm not for a minute saying that the Castellini group's going to go out and sign Kyle Schwarber. That's not going to happen. Right. But if they go out and get a right-handed bat now to kind of help out Tyler Naquin, then now we're getting somewhere and we're getting to where we thought they needed to be. So I'm not ready. I'm with you. I'm not ready to push that panic button and say that this is a fire sale and they're blowing it all up. No. And in fact, I believe that if they make a couple of savvy moves, if we still believe that Nick crawl can do such a thing, then we're repositioning next year playoff expectations. Now, depending on what they do, if they do trade away Luis Castillo very quickly, if they trade away Tyler Alley very quickly, if they make a deal for like, you know, trading away Jesse Winker really quickly or something like that, then we can come back and say, all right, this might take a few years. But I think that as currently constructed, you can have a team that is a playoff contender in 2023. Because by then, you do have Graham Ashcraft in the major leagues, and you do have a couple of other guys that you're probably bringing up at some point. Like I think we would expect to see guys like Reese Hines next year and things like that. So I, I think it would be interesting how that all plays out. Plus, you have some interesting uh, contracts coming off the books in 2023 and really shoot for 2024, which is something that friend of the podcast, Crazy has been saying for a little while and I kind of agree with him to some, to some, you know, to some extent there, but I, I think that the absolute obvious move and it would make no sense to me if they don't do this right out of the gate is put Nick Lodello in the starting rotation. And, and I agree with you. I mean, I, the, the prediction you made that Sonny Gray would be the first move has happened. And you have had a hot take all along that Nick Lodolo would be in the starting rotation on opening day anyway. So there you go. I mean, don't take a victory lap yet because it's not opening day, but <laughs> you might be able to. <laughs> well, Jeff, I think you're absolutely right. 2024 is probably the goal. I think that that's the earliest uh, that we could see Chase Petty as well. I mean, I think that's probably the soonest he could could get to the major leagues so it'll be interesting to see how all of this plays out now nick crawl has said a lot of things as this offseason has unfolded and most of them haven't made a lot of sense and uh, i think that when you hear nick crawl speak in public you have to try and uh, translate it a little bit as to what he means versus what he actually says and one of the things he said is that he wants to eliminate the peaks and the valleys in the reds performance and build consistency and if you want to have consistency in your diet, head over to Built.com right now and get yourself a Built Bar. 
If you're looking for a healthy snack for all of the college basketball games going on this time of year, look no further than Built Bar. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. It maybe even tastes better than a candy bar. Built Bar makes it easier to stick to your diet because it tastes so good you will want to eat it. It is unlike any other protein bars, which these can taste chalky, they can be waxy, they can basically taste like you're taking a drink from a, a barrel from a chemical spill. Uh, you want to eat healthy and it just gets so boring. And when you're several weeks into your diet, you're just thinking already, I'm done, I'm over it, I need some chocolate. Well, guess what? Built Bar is covered in 100% real chocolate. And they have amazing health statistics. And statistics are something that we love right here on the Locked on Reds podcast. Built Bars have 130 calories. They have four grams of sugar. They have four net carbs for you folks that are doing the keto diet. And they are packed with 17 grams of propane. Pro I said propane again. I do that every time, folks. They are packed with 17 grams of protein. <laughs> they have great flavors like Cherry's Barcia. They have coconut brownie chunk. They have salted caramel. And they have Jeff's favorite, the puffs. All kinds of flavors of puffs. that are like a three musketeer covered in chocolate. Great flavor. Head over to built.com right now and use the promo code LOCKED15. And you'll get 15% off your order from built.com for your built bars. They're going to help you with your diet. Diet, they're going to help you be healthy and they're going to help you not even realize you're on a diet. That's built.com with the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off of your next order. Thanks again for making Locked on Reds your first listen of the day. Make sure you're following the podcast on all platforms and head over to YouTube. If you're watching us there right now, thank you so much. Make sure you click that subscribe button. And if you're in the audio only feeds, head over to YouTube right now. At the Locked on Reg channel, click that subscribe button. There is exclusive video content coming that will only be available there on YouTube as this season gets underway. It's stuff that you are definitely not going to want to miss. All right, Jeff, we talked about uh, Nick Crawl making comments that don't necessarily line up with what we really think that he means. And I think that this thing we're going to talk about now is really one of those because he said he wants to eliminate the peaks and the valleys. And I saw some pushback out there on social media about, oh, you want to eliminate the peaks, the success? I don't think that's what he meant. I think what he really meant was we want to eliminate these lows in these long periods of rebuilds, and we want to really create some consistency and a way to move forward winning. And I think that's what he meant. Now, I might be giving him too much of a benefit of the doubt, but I, I, I'm hoping that that's the direction he was trying to take the conversation. Can we get this dude like a public speaker, like somebody that he hires and just walks around with him and maybe even Nick crawl actually answers questions. But this guy then translates that like an English to English translation, because I feel like there are some times where Nick crawl actually says some things that could be understood in a positive light. But the way that he says them just leads to negativity. I mean, the peaks and valleys thing, it's very obvious what he wanted to say because he says it later on. He wants to create sustained success for the franchise year in and year out. They want to be a constant competitor. That's basically, he, that's what he should have said. He should have never said peaks and valleys. I think for a moment, peaks and valleys might have been trending on Twitter because people were just going crazy about it. Like, yeah, and everybody's favorite joke was, yeah, remind me of those peaks again. I mean, 2010, 2012, those are pretty good. And let's not forget, as you pointed out, the legendary team of 2020. 
Let's do not disparage the 2020 playoff bound Cincinnati Reds. That's what exactly. he was saying. Exactly. But no, the, the point that he was trying to get to is the way that the things have been run which I think that you and I maybe disagree a little bit with what he says here, but the way that Dick Williams kind of ran some stuff and was really aggressive with free agents and things like that is just not how the Reds are going to do things. As much as we might disagree, as much as we might want them to spend a ton of money, it's not going to change their mind. So at least have a plan to work within the boundaries that have been set up for them. I think that this was him telling us that there is a plan to work within those boundaries so I kind of understand it a little bit. I do too. And I think that you have to take into account some of the things that have happened since uh, Castellini's uh, ownership group took over this team. He said a lot of things. He said he's going to do a lot of things. And we've all, we've all seen the letter. We've all read it a bunch of times. And we all know that the only promise he kept was involving the Reds community fund. Uh, that's the only thing he's done right. Uh, one of the things that this this front office has lacked all along is one, Castellini not meddling, getting out of the way of the baseball people and letting them do what they need to do. But they've also lacked of a consistent messaging. And I think you you hit the nail on the head. If Crawl just had somebody that could could be a, 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 a spokesperson, a communications director for him. It could go out there and, and translate what it is that Nick Crawl is trying to do. Because the more I look at it, I think what he wants to do is be more like the Tampa Rays. I really think that that's what he's trying to say. And I don't think he can just come out and say, I want to be like the Tampa Rays. But I think that's where he's going. I think he wants to get into more of a churning of the roster and a trading away of people to bring back in talent so that every year you're talking about the two or three more guys that are coming up, the next man up, the next man up, which would create a kind of a culture of sustained opportunity, at least here in Cincinnati. But he just can't put those words together to say them and communicate that message. Uh, you know, again, maybe I'm giving him too much credit, but you would have to hope that what he's trying to say is something along those lines. That's a good way to end it. So we will. That'll wrap up this edition of the Lockdown Reds podcast. Thank you all so much for listening and for watching on YouTube, making us your first listen. Tomorrow, we're going to call out David Bell because the Kyle Farmer, Jose Barrero battle at shortstop has a clear should be winner. But David Bell scared everyone into thinking that that's not the case. We'll dissect his comments tomorrow right here on the podcast. Thanks again for making us your first listen. Now make Locked On MLB your second listen. Paul Francis Sullivan, please call him Sully, brings you his unique perspective on Major League Baseball present and past. That is the Locked On MLB podcast, just like Locked On Reds, free and available on all platforms. Steve, we are only four days away from spring training baseball and you can catch all the Reds action uh, on the radio and stuff. But you can catch all of the reactions and analysis right here on the Locked on Reds podcast. Because what are we? We are Locked on Reds every single day. Talk to you tomorrow. Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.